home to envisioned broadcasting. The station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success presents When They Hear Us, an author's movement, a show that provides authors a platform to share their voice with the world. When They Hear Us, with Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley, begins now. Welcome back, everyone. My, I am Tracy Lashley, your host for When They Hear Us. We have a special guest here with us today. His name is Mr. Alfonso Short. Coach Short now, and he was born in New York. He is currently living in North Carolina. Coach Short obtained a BBA from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, 1986, a BBA and an MBA from Word of Truth Bible College in 2007 and 2009, and became a certified Christian life coach in 2021. Congratulations, Coach Short. Thank you. And Coach Short has been recognized for his work as a volunteer from various citywide organizations in 1999 to 2000. He has facilitated a junior golf camp for boys that not only taught the game, but emphasized the importance of core values. Coach Short, welcome. <laughs> I am excited to have you here today to talk about your book launch, <laughs> Be Transformed, Think About It, Pray About It, and Be About It, that is launching May 1st. We're going to give them the details of how they can pre-order, but first, welcome and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I think you... Um, have probably heard things about me because you're in collaboration with my wife in friendship and in business. Uh, I'm a 35-year government employee um, as of April 16th this year. Um, I've been a student athlete. Um, also have a great passion of working in my community and giving back to young people. Uh, it's something that was done for me when I was a youngster and growing up to stay out of trouble and to play sports with discipline. And I, I've just continued to do it because I saw my family, my mother and other relatives just give back to the community. Uh, so it's been something that's been a um, really a passion in my spirit. So for probably over 25 years, I've uh, reached out as much as I possibly could on a volunteer basis and, um, and now have had the opportunity to uh, really be inspired by my wife uh, to look at things from a business perspective with it. Uh, she encouraged me for the fact that she said, you've been doing this all of your life and uh, you should consider life coaching falls right into uh, your lap. So I uh, took the dive into getting into a curriculum and uh, was successful in completing the curriculum uh, in the past but about a month, month ago, month and a half. And I'm looking forward now to a business that I have started uh, by the name of Mindscape Coaching Solutions. Um, it has inspired me also with my writing uh, with the book, Be Transformed, which is a 31-day 
inspirational, devotional, um, which is something I've been doing for quite a while. Um, just kind of encouraging myself on a daily basis or when the spirit has led to me to write something, just to write something positive and encouraging that uh, inspired me and thought that it would also encourage others with the different adversities that we all deal with from day to day uh, in our lives. Wow, that sounds exciting. And Dr. Short, yes, um, I am a big fan of hers. <laughs> we became friends uh, not too long ago and the journey has been real. Yeah, she is. She is a trooper and she will be, you know, right beside you the entire way. So I can see her pushing you like, come on, honey, let's go. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And, and, and it's all for, you know, for my good as an individual and to represent uh, what I say I want to do just to keep me on track. I'm my accountable coach and my uh, lifetime partner. Yes, and you guys have a new journey together because you're both published authors. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I am excited about the group that you have started and just a little bit. With with uh, the writing itself, this is kind of, I do it secondary. I don't look at it as, well, I need to sit down and, and write and write so that there's a production or something to be published. Um, she would tell you if you talk to her and I will uh, explain now. I, I have a time when something hits my mind, I may come up with a title or something and have nothing in the world that I'm thinking of what I, what I can write about. And I can say it definitely has to be a Holy Spirit that it fills me with, okay, here's a subject matter now. It could be kindness and then I will come up with something to write, but I don't write under pressure or anything because I'm writing just an inspirational, good, positive word to someone, which I could say anything, but I just don't say words to people or share with people just to hear myself, you know, blowing the horn. I am very serious about life and I'm serious about other people's lives. And if I can do something to assist you, I will, but I try my best not to do anything that's going to hinder whatever's happening for you in your life. Wow, yes. And what what caused you to decide, okay, I'm going to mentor young we, young men and boys and also adult men as well, right? Yes, it okay. just by being in groups and organizations on sports teams and 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 we see people get together, particularly men can get together for sports events or concerts of some kind, but when we come together and, and have the opportunity to hear young men, young adults or mature men as myself, having conversation about the day-to-day -day plights of life, uh, the joys we have in our life and ambitions, that's something I've been able to be in a position where I, I, I've been exposed to that. But still, as a man, you know, they talk about us going into a man cave. Uh, we can be a little reluctant to share who we are. We have this hard shell that nothing bothers us. Uh, we're going to make it through everything and, and we can make it through everything, but I, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a believer. And I know that we can do all things through Christ. And when I hear young men and young adults and mature men 
uh, speaking with some of their plights. Uh, I've been in settings where at least there was no uh, prohibiting giving the glory to God about what we're doing. So my tap into young men or any men is to at least express that we have the opportunity to be transformed if we can apply and exercise and study the word of God um, and then apply it to our daily living. Uh, and it has to start with us personally. And then if we want to build better relationships, then we start in our household and we work out into the entire community um, by just sharing and, and becoming supporters of each other. Yes, because you have been mentoring and tutoring um, for Patri Patricia Harris Elementary, like 1994, 1997. Not trying to age you. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good thing. And a youth basketball coach from 1998 to 2000. So what have your experience been as far as mentoring those young young boys in this arena? Are they, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. Yes, okay. Are they um, from a diverse group of people, diverse backgrounds? Um, are they having similar experiences? And what have it been like for you? Yeah, well, you know, as much we can be in the same communities and still it's a diversity because of the uniqueness of who we are, who the people who are raising us, whether they're biological family or extended family, whatever. But I found that most of the young, young, young men in particular, they're trying to identify who they are. And as kids, you say from about eight years old to preteens or to 17 or 18 years old, um, we're normally living in the dream of being somebody else. It's normally sports, like I said, or entertainment someone is trying to be. And, and that's normal to admire someone else, but not, I try to tap in and make sure that they identify with themselves and realize the greatness that's planted, implanted within them. And we just need to bring it out, not a force, but use the parenting or mentoring, the sharing and caring type of style to get them to share who they are and what their ambitions are. And we may be playing basketball, we may be playing golf or some other sport uh, or playing games and everyone wants to win. But what I've been able to use as my recipe is to realize that it's great to win, but participate at your best and respect each other so that also you can respect losing sometimes, particularly in sports, but you can respect that in life, but you don't have to settle for that. Mm -hmm. And one way that we have to are just being in our communities, a lot of times they're at-risk kids or lower income, so we have lesser exposure to some of the most common things, um, to let them know that this is just a position that you're in, this is temporary, and how Sports, yes, can get you out, but you may get injured or you may not make the big leagues with the sports. But having your basic education and, and if you have the drive for more continuing education, then that's going to be more beneficial to the well-being of you personally and you establishing a household of family and able to reach out to your communities in the future. Wow. And so when I, I hear that and I think about the 31 days of inspiration, how will this 
impact that arena, these, this group of boys? Well, every day they can take this, this devotional and they can read a new inspiration for them. Get it really just to provoke thought and broaden their horizons to being thankful for another day and expressions uh, to hopefully to help generate to them all the things they can be thankful for with what's going on in their life and they still have breath of life today. Uh, that's how I am every day. Um, there will be more continuing writing for sure, but, um, and I have expressed this to others before, I think in 1999 or 2000, I had a coworker give me a devotional, which was a 365 day, which a lot of them are, most of them are. And I would read, and I've read through those devotions. I kept them on my workstation and go through them every day today for years. And, but also I realized that I haven't written that much to have that much composition at this point, but 31 days does cover an entire month. And, and going through it, you could go back and what you read on the first day, if you come back to it 31 days later, by reading through the inspirational, you probably had some different mindsets, how you look at things. So when you look at day one again, it's like you've been transformed in some kind of way in your life. That's my desire and hope that the results are as I continue to build it where it can be a more extensive uh, type of inspirational devotion. Wow. So when I'm, I'm thinking about this, okay, most people have a year long. So what you have done was pretty much chunked it into smaller bite-sized pieces. Yes. So you're taking a month at a time and they can take that inspirational devotional book and go back to day one after 30 days or 31 days. Yes. And their mindset will be different because yes. you have started to transform them. Yes. That is amazing. Wow. Okay. I have three boys who are now grown men and two grandsons. When we come back from this commercial break, I am going to ask you, what advice would you give me for these young men to be leaders in the community? We will be right back in a few moments. Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley is a child of God, wife, mother, and grandmother. She was born and raised in Panama City, Florida, before moving to Fayetteville, North Carolina, at the age of 23. She is the lead HERZ architect trademark and supports leaders' elevation to the pinnacle, respect, leadership level, while strategizing team effectiveness and productivity. She specializes in helping women in leadership harmonize family and work life, while developing dynamic and productive teams. She is a dynamic, high-powered professional with a results-charged career in growth and leadership. Her purpose in life is to transform the lives of others by inspiring, equipping, and growing. Her mission in life is to provide leaders with the tools required to ignite an intentional growth mindset that will drive behavior to achieve actionable results of personal value. Her vision is to see women reach their full potential, remove obstacles and knowledge gaps, and lead their life versus just living their life. Find out more about Dr. Lashley at drtracylashley.info. Alponso Short, Coach Short, was born in New York, lived his formative years in North Carolina, and as a adult lived in Washington, D.C., Maryland, Mississippi, and presently, in North Carolina. He has been married to his bride, 
Anis a canard short since 1988, and in his spare time he enjoys music, reading and travels to the Caribbean. Coach Short obtained a BBA from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte in 1986, a BBA, an MBA from Word of Truth Bible College in 2007 and 2009, and became certified as Christian Life Coach in 2021. In addition to his over 30 years of federal government employment, Coach Short has dedicated his life to service, specifically to areas that serve to build up men and children. Whether serving as tutor and mentor through the Adopt-A-School program, coaching boys basketball through his city's parks and recreation programs, volunteering with the Boys and Girls Club, or serving in various leadership positions in ministry, he has been committed to making a difference. Coach Short has been recognized for his work as a volunteer from various citywide organizations from 1999 to 2000. He has facilitated a junior golf camp for boys that not only taught the game but emphasized the importance of core values. Most recently, Coach Short serves as board chair of two non-profit organizations, Fascinate Youth Children's Museum and Greater Life of Fayetteville, both of whom serve children and are located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Contact Coach Short by going to Linktree Coach Short. Okay, we are back. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley, and you are listening to When They Hear Us. We have our special guest, Coach Alfonso Short with us today, and he is talking about young boys and men, how he helped them in the communities, and how he can help yours. So I just asked a question prior to the break, because I have three boys. The youngest is 20, about to be 21 this year. The oldest is about to be 26, I think. <laughs> I'm aging myself, okay? So, <laughs> and I have two grandsons. Now, with the older kids, well, adults now grown men, they, I guess, for a time period, they did have that male influence. And it seems like when they were in school, we didn't have, you know, men, especially black men there who could help them. And I remember this one man in middle school for my youngest son, well, my middle son, he actually would call me and he was so concerned about how my son was behaving in school. His dad was always going off to war or deployed or something because he was in the military. So having that influence, I believe, really helped him at that time. So what would you do or how do you help other young men out there who are in a situation? Because we don't have a lot of male um, role models in the schools anymore. And, and that's very true. And, and, and that there really never has been the image of the African-American black and black male in the school system is predominantly uh, white male teachers, which there's no anti anyone because they're very passionate about their work to teach kids and do their best. But a lot of times it's a disconnect from the cultural standpoint. Yes. Um, with young men, like I said, we know we a lot of parents keep their kids just in sports and I don't knock that, but there had there needs to be a balance in of the sports and your education. And then the showing the the interest personally, if the parents don't show interest in their community, it would be you can't expect the child to want to go out and reach out and do things of community service. But we have to start somewhere. If it's not in a household and there are men or kids their own age that's already doing something, it's just kind of lure them in with showing them what it's like to go out on a Saturday morning and um, just go out to help people. It may be that there's an elderly person in the neighborhood that 
can't do some of their yard work. Um, that may be a stretch sometimes because like they don't want, want to even empty the trash cans in the house. But to reach out and do something for someone who needs help, uh, whether it's picking up trash, uh, hopefully you can get them involved with some type of organization other than sports. I don't know what rec centers and boys and girls club communities, depending on where you live, would be available. But I believe in teamwork and doing things. And uh, if you can have other peers, whether it's their own siblings or other friends of theirs that will interact with it, so that it becomes uh, even helping, it has to be fun. I have a passion. Most people are going to, you, you kind of tend to gravitate to what you like to do, but you need to learn how to do other things. And uh, being compassionate to our communities and reaching out is something that we have to learn to do because that's not something that's just uh, born innately as we as we can drive through some communities that we know or African-American communities and see deprivation of the environment because we just don't do the basic things to keep our neighborhoods looking good sometimes. That's not a putting a negative out. It's a fact. And and we work on it by that's only going to change if the people of the community do something. You may get some help from the city coming through to do some cleaning, but it's our neighborhood and we need to take ownership and take accountability. So you do it in small nuggets with them. You explain to them that you're not just getting them up on an early Saturday to go do something, but how it's giving back to the community, which is going to be to their benefit as they mature and get older also. Wow, that is, that's fantastic. So you spent 10 years as a youth leader for Word of Truth Ministries International. Yes. So during this time, have you seen where the boys wanted to become leaders of their community, leaders of organizations, entrepreneurs? Yes, ma'am, I have. And being in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, 10 years of being involved with the youth program and leadership and working with the young adults and young people, these 10 years, 12 years now, these young men are, you know, some of them are parents. They've been through school. They've played sports in school. They've learned to be musicians. They continue to work on their skills in the sports that they play, and they're sharing it with the next generation now. And uh, that's really, that's the bottom line to what I like to see is that they understand you have to give back. And that's the way we're going to um, kind of dig ourselves out of this hole, so to say, of the bad portrait of, or social profiling of negativity on the African-American male. And it doesn't make a difference if they're nine years old, 19 years old, 39 years old, 59 years old. We are all looked at as one type of profile. And that's what I try to explain with them. It doesn't make a difference that I'm at the age I am, 57 years old, uh, use common judgment and rationale to do things. I could still be put in a position of uh, just being profiled and criminalized at the drop of a dime, just like they could be out taking risks doing things. So just the fact that we have to have a self-discipline and and improve our character and and really establish our, our own value system and principles that would be worthy for society overall. So what is like the number one thing that you would tell these boys? Because, you know, it's not always 
cool to be a leader. It's not always cool to be out front and in a positive light. You know, growing up, I remember being in a youth group and we had so much fun and times were different back then where it was cool to be educated. <laughs> now <laughs> it's more cool to be popular regardless of how the popularity came. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And, um, and, and that's a thin line of, as you're saying, being popular because everybody wants to be noticed, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm not a 15 minutes of fame individual and I don't speak or try to be in the life of someone and say, I'm just coming through and I'm giving you a speech because I need to come through and do this presentation It's keeping myself available and showing this is, this is just my style of leadership, but for them to understand that, uh, they have special gifts and talents. And once we tap into those and they have influence with their peers, that it's important that they um, really be respectful of that and understand that your peers are going to follow the direction that they see you going because they, they also identify that leadership in you. But also, it doesn't make you superior to anyone. Um, that we do this thing as a team and we learn from each other. So it's necessary, particularly as young men, that we can respect our, we can agree to disagree with things and we don't have to pull out the weapons or fight or just, you know, lose friendship with someone because of minor disagreements when you look at it at the end of the day. Um, the biggest fight for our neighborhoods is that what a parent may not be able to do and maybe even resource centers of outreach programs like boys and girls clubs and other organizations may be missing something there are gangs out there that they have every they make it easy for them and little young men are going to pull or be gravitated to somewhere where they can go and feel like they're the man so to say and uh, a lot of times it's very misdirected intention on these organizations that we may not call a gang now, but later on you see that they're very organized and they operate with great intention of sucking our kids into uh, the bad ways of life. And you see good kids all of a sudden, it's not just about, oh, they're doing drugs. They may not be doing drugs or anything, but they may be very evil and bullies in school. They may make acceptable grades, but they still or hooked up with the wrong people. And by association, eventually it will catch up with them. They say, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That's why we see so many young African-American males um, going to the wayside between the ages of 10 and 15 now. And I don't, you know, we can, I've had some, I've worked with some police officers before and, and I understand it's scared straight. But as you said, the kids are not scared with that stuff anymore. No, they're not. Yeah. You know, and for some reason, you know, the the young boys and men, they're they're thinking that, well, it's not good to be afraid. It's not good to be scared. It's not good to show your feelings. It's not good to, you know, need someone. I'm having this issue with my oldest son, and he's thinking, <clears throat> oh man, you know. I got to do this on my own. I'm a man, you know, Ma, I can't be, you know, out there looking weak. And, you know, I'm like, oh, 
hand. How, what would you say to him? That he, I would hope that he would give himself an opportunity to extend himself to maybe um, being a part of other men groups, uh, uh, to get with some meetings with men. It could be brothers getting together to pray, uh, brothers just getting together that's talking about life and trying to do better. Um, and then realize that you you have to have help. Our yeah. success is built on our association and relationship with others. No man is an island in himself. And and what you're speaking, Bruce, you're saying your older son. And and I know that's true because like I said, men 26, 35, 40, 50, I, I see it in just my interaction of current interaction with me. And this is something that we battle with of being able to uh, be vulnerable and being able to ask for help and realize that there are many people watching you and really want to reach out to you. And you have put up that shield where they don't want to violate your privacy, yet they don't want to see you fail. And they see you failing just because you want to allow the, the outreach of hands and the outreach of other brothers to to go with you through your journey and get you through a segment of life that you just don't understand. But I'm 36. I may not have been down every path of your life, but I have 10 years of some other journey of life that I probably have a mm -hmm. nugget at you that I can drop on you that make may make all the difference in how you're thinking, because that's the block that we have is how we're thinking about the situations that we're in. Man, you hit the nail on the head. I'm actually, um, this is very emotional for me because I don't want, you know, him or any other, you know, young man to fall down this trap. And what you are doing for these men in the community is like, it is so needed because we always hear about pulling up these young girls, you know, being there for the girls. But my sister would always say, what about the men? Yes. Who is there for them? Yeah, I, I've often something, and I don't want to get into any politics or that's with urban development. I have often wondered how uh, you see young ladies that end up um, unwedded mothers, so they have to go on to subsidized living in the projects or so to say a section eight whatever they call it and, and depending demographically where you live and they're given the opportunity to have housing so they have safety and housing for the kids while they hopefully can move forward with their lives and i'm and i've always said what if uh, a young man could get some help for two or three years with some subsidized living yes. and where would he be if that system but the system isn't set up for that uh it was not set up for that and with reasons so to say so we have to be that source of subsidizing the basic needs that we need from an emotional standpoint to keep our mindset right that we move forward and not about just giving up uh we don't get settled where this causes depression or causes anger where we go out and we do things that end up putting us in the criminal system because once we can get that mark, then the the strikes come easy against us after that. And so does the opportunities 
for the things that we were dreaming about, what we wanted to do and would like to do. Yeah, you're, you're right. And my sister would always tell her son, um, our two of our boys are the same age and they're like 30 days apart. And she would always be like, look, you've got to be on the straight and narrow because by the time you're 18, they're going to want to have a target on your back. Yes. They're going to want to have you in the system. And it's very disheartening to have to think that way, but it's our reality. It is. And the thing is, what you're saying, we're already in the system before we're 18. We're already in the system before we do one thing. And this is not crying out and saying before we do one thing that may be uh, unlawful. We're already there. And when you grow up and you you see the your peers who did actually get in trouble and they may have had short-term jail sentences or whatever, correctional programs, and they come out, then they kind of, it disheartens the individual. And then they made, those people were not really, the young people were not really uh, reformed in any way. So they come back and they kind of glorify. I, I, I was telling my wife not long ago, uh, young men that I was growing up with, being a teenager, young adult, and being in North Carolina and being in Washington, D.C., little different attitude and mentality. And my guys in D.C. would be like, yeah, we're going to the farm for a couple months. And they, they thought nothing about going into the correction system for six months or 18 months or actually being in a penitentiary for three years for whatever they were doing. And I was like, no, that's not my type of thing. But they was like, but it was comfortable because everyone they grew up was there or been there or will be there with them eventually. So they, they become comfortable of oppression really by our own acts that it was not the man who made us go out and rob someone or even make us sell the drugs and or whatever those heinous acts are. But there was no one there either to try to redirect them and, and have them refocus their energy and talents and ambitions to something else. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're so right. Um, I think about when I was growing up and it's like the same people were going in and out, just in and out of jail, like it was nothing. And I'm like, whoa. And then like today, a lot of us do, you know, that three strikes you're out rule. So their sons are growing up without a father. Yes. And they're thinking it's okay. Well, I grew up without a dad. So well, <laughs> some people never, never, you know, there's been no structure of family at all. Um, one of the most challenging experiences or eye openers for me was I think in 1999, I was with the Boys and Girls Club in Tupelo, Mississippi, and a young man, I was mentoring in a classroom or something, and it was a little kid. He probably eight or nine years old. He's pretty active, so to say. Uh, his record, so he stayed in trouble at school because he liked to talk a lot, didn't listen. But um, I was talking to them about something with, you know, having better character and whatever, and, and after the class, room session was over. Um, I was asking them to take something home to their parents and if they talked to their mother, father, uncle, or someone. And the little boy came to me and he asked me, he said, you said something about a grandfather. What is a grandfather, Mr. Short? Wow. But 
that let me know that he's, you know, he doesn't, he's seen no type of male uh, model at all. But he was like, what is a grandfather? And I had a grandfather, you know, my idol. But to think that this little boy is nine, you blink your eyes, he's older, but there, there's no one that of male figure that probably has been imparting into his life. And he's not the only one. Wow, I just think about all those all those lost little souls out there. They they are, but the greatest help is we even identify trying to target. We see the young men, that population is there. Um, we have to reach back and try to help the family. Um, yes. Whether it's the single parent, whether it's the grandmother, the aunt, the uncle, whoever is the adult in charge of the individual, um, that's easier said than done sometimes, but making a connection with them where you can also uh, impress upon them, but find ways tactfully that you can get them to start participating and showing interest with the kid and what they're doing, no matter what it is. And But if they had never had that type of environment, then you, you're teaching them too. And it may be at the same level, though there's a parent and child situation there. But uh, many times we take it and we're focusing on the kid and the kid can be very excited about the environment we have them in with positivity, but that ends when they go home because that's not something that their parents are. They're not, no one is vibing that to them. They are on the hustle trying to work and make a dollar or they just parents that don't know and really have been really uh, poor parents, but there's hope for them too. And it has to be. So we have to find a way that what's happening with the kid has a lot to do with the parent. And I don't look at it because of whatever they're lacking that makes them the bad person. It just makes them the person that's been not exposed to positive. So they only know how to operate in negative. So we have to shine that light and care genuinely. I, I love people and I love to see people have confidence in themselves um, because it's not a good feeling when you get up and think you're lesser than someone else. And yet you're put in an arena where you're being pushed that you're not, you know, I don't believe in the com competing to the point where you feel demised. I wanna have what we call the wholeness completion of a person by them challenging themselves. That's their competition to improve and do better and be better. Oh, I love that, yes. So we come back. I want you to talk about Mindscape Coaching Solutions, the program that you have started to help as many young men and boys as you can. So we'll be right back after this quick break. Coach Short started Mindscape, Mindscape Coaching Solutions to mentor and guide young boys and adult men. The mission is to assist young and adult males in making quality of life decisions that will transform their destiny by identifying their God-given gifts and talents and their developing skills. We will encourage, inspire, and empower each to embrace their goals and ambitions from a faith-based perspective. The ideal client for Mindscape will have a desire to change and motivated to make it happen. Have a desire of better quality of life in all areas. Is teachable and coachable. Is accountable to their actions or inaction. Is reverence the sovereignty of God. Is committed to the work. Understands the importance of communication. Have a faith focused readily make the financial investment in themselves, has respect for themselves and others. Contact Coach Short by going to Linktree Coach Short. 
Dr. Tracy Lashley is the voice of the oppressed and master of teaching the transformational steps from pain of trauma to the power of a survivor. Destined for the shape-shifting ability to step into thriving beyond trauma. She has survived welfare, single parenthood, divorce, military spouse life, being broke, living with bad credit, borderline homeless, not being able to feed her children, just simply struggling to survive for her and her children. If you can relate and wish Dr. Lashley to assist you, contact her today by sending an email to info at drtracielashley.com or by going to her website at drtracylashley.info. We are back. You're listening to When They Hear Us, and we have our special guest, Alfonso Short, with us. So we're talking about what he does <clears throat> to empower, encourage, and grow young men, boys, and even the adult men out there. So Coach Short, you have a program called Mindscape Coaching Solutions. What is it about this program that is different from any other program out there? Well, being, I, I, I'm a hands-on, I believe in, I believe in groups and teams, but I believe in one and one to get to know each other, um, to get into the in-depth psyche of a person, not to read their mind and control them, but to help them understand who they are and you get a better understanding of who you are. So the mission is that we identify the gifts and talents that's within all of us, and particularly men. Like I said, we tend to have everything kind of stored away. We're not going to talk too much. Uh, I'm a big talker in passion of things that I'm passionate about. And I'm not a nosy person to want to know your business. But with mindscaping, is this what it is? We have to get into the mind and we have to express those things so that we can have know where we need help and know how, know what we need to improve. And with young men, young adults, older men, uh, we, we never stop growing and wanting more or dreaming, no matter what our socioeconomic status is. And it's getting to tap into individuals really who have come to grips that they know it's more in life they want for themselves, for their families, for their careers. And they're inspired and they're willing to embrace being accountable um, to someone who is willing to take that journey with them. And that's as the mindscaping experience. Um, it's just going to bring you and motivate you for the to understand that we take change and look at it as a positive. Uh, you know, there's that adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, we're not dogs, we're human beings. So that doesn't really apply. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mind thing that we have to eradicate that from even thinking about it in our mind, but looking for a better quality of life, um, trying to find a way to be committed to what we're doing so that we can accomplish. It's easy to start something and it's, it's, it's easier to quit doing something. So I want to be kind of that bridge, that motivator, that encourager, that ear to hear. Because with life coaching, what I've learned through the experience of going through the training is really the silence of listening. Not I'm a teacher by nature, so and I'll teach and share, but I'm not teaching to show I have more knowledge than you. 
I, I may just be exposed to more things than you, but I'm talking to hope I can get you to start talking and sharing. But I learned just be silent and let it happen with individuals. Uh, men like women, but men need to feel safe and secure that if they're sharing their self with someone that is genuine and they're not going to be exposed in a in a way that's that's damaging to their ego in sharing with others. So a degree of secrecy of your business is my business, but what you have in you are gifts and talents that need to be shared to help someone else. Um, and we have to do that, not just get ourselves together, but as we're getting ourselves together, hopefully inspiring and encouraging and empowering other men to reach back and help someone do the same. Wow, yes. And your ideal client desires to change and motivate and make things happen, desire better quality of life, teachable and coachable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Accountable to their own actions. That is huge. Committing to work. Now, if you don't put the work in, you won't get results. Uh, that's one one thing I said. No effort, no results. Has this been something that that's key that I share with everyone? You got to do something. Yes. Just put forth some effort. If you don't get there, that failure is another opportunity to go at it and keep going at it. And to and see, so you can go at it and go at it and, and it never get right. But if you share your experiences of what you're doing, you might have someone can just help you get there. Just like playing sports. Uh, I work with kids. Golf is not a easy sport to learn and and it's not a sport played in our community and when i started working with young guys with golf they never seen a golf club or golf ball live they've seen tiger woods on tv oh, yeah. but look how far away that's distant that's a dream world they had to put yeah. a golf club in their hand and golf ball and take them out and expose them and under have them understand the rules to the game first mm -hmm. yeah and then then we just go out and tell them Try to do it the way you want to. I'm not going to tell you you can't do something. And now do you want to make it easier? And I can show you how you can execute these steps and do it. Then if you practice these steps, then you can incorporate the other things that you feel like you can do into it. But you can always go back to these fundamentals that will keep you in the game. And then if you want to get better, then you learn more about the fundamentals and you continue to grow. And that's how we grow and mature in life and whatever we're doing. You're pretty much showing them there is a process to everything. And yes. <laughs> you don't know it all. You have to take proper <laughs> steps. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. And communication. Wow. Yeah. You said they must understand the importance of communication. You mentioned listening skills. If you can't listen. <laughs> You can't learn. <laughs> you can't learn. No. And faith-based. Yes. Faith-focused. So what would you say to them if they had no faith? I would, I would speak to them of my faith and, and give them some of my journey of life and how when I was probably on my own, not really doing anything bad, but not getting good or great results what i wanted how you know no matter someone said well i don't believe in 
religion or God or whatever, but as soon as someone is in a crisis, they want someone to pray for them. Yes. <laughs> and that's no matter what people we are. Yes. Or, right. oh God, what, well, you don't believe in God. Why would you be calling him? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, not right. pushing it. Right. And I'm not yeah. pushing religion on anyone, but I, I, I express the relationship that I have with God and my faith and, and what I can go and why I read the Bible and how I learn from the teachings in the Bible and do fundamentals. And I'm, if they're hardcore little kids still, uh, even men, grown men, I don't have to pull the Bible out and read scripture. I just have to exercise that love, kindness and caring and sharing with you in word and principle as we connect with each other. Yeah, you're and then eventually, Yes. And then eventually I'm not I still I'm not marketing that you need to be uh, a religious person because of me. But I'll go back and say the things I'm doing and even any success that I have is because of these principles. And when it's failure in my life, it's still these principles that get me back on track to keep going and not quit. And yes. And there's a more that you, you state your ideal client. And this is very big to me. Now we will go out there and spend two, three, four hundred dollars on a pair of Jordans. Yes, you will. We will not pay for education, training, or growth opportunities. Yes. So they must be ready to make a financial investment in themselves. How right. important is that? Well, that's that's greatly important in any learning. Just that's why a lot of people are not going to school that may have ambition. Because they can say, well, I don't have a financial aid. Well, you don't have to take 12 hours of classes right now. What about just paying for one session of the curriculum that you want to be in? Um, and just as you use this example of spending hundreds of dollars on tennis shoes and jeans and designer this and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not going to do anything but give you an image, a pseudo image and a little popularity for a while. And then those clothes and things go. They go out of style and you have to come up with money, which you do, where when if you invested five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars in your self-development, it's going to have a better return for you in the long run. I remember watching this video. It was Grant Cardone talking to um, I believe he was a rapper. The rapper was talking about this Corvette that was out, this new Corvette. <laughs> and Grant was like. Why are you even thinking about that? Why don't you take that money and invest it? No, 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 but you gotta see this Corvette. He's like, that's how they create slaves. I said, ooh. That right there was saying a lot by saying a little. Yeah, but it but it was it's, it's a learned thing because our parents, if I if we look at young children, the parents go all out and work a second job to buy those things for their kids. I mean, we see kids that are in very impoverished households and they are raising cane with their parents because they want some particular shoe or label in their shirt. And those parents are going out to do whatever it takes to get it. And those people who are wealthy enough or have the finances to buy things, they're doing the same thing to the kids as privilege. And it's not that they need it. And it may be more damaging to them as well. I don't I don't have I'm not caught up in where people are, your social status and what neighborhood you're in. We all need help. And one thing about it, and, and I say this being a black man for 57 years, 
we need all the help we can get, no matter where we're in the ivory tower or we're down in the gutter. Um, we deal with the same issue. Um, and we we don't need to have to live a life where you, I, I hear the term faking it till you make it. Well, if you made it and you're still faking it, then you obviously don't know who you are. Uh -huh. Great identity crisis going on. So you're not a model to anyone in the real deal because you wouldn't even follow yourself if you wouldn't have to. Man. And I have friends who have been who have been professional athletes and made lots of money and have done well and, and work with some principles. And I've seen them fail because they never really believed in the principles that would hold on to the core things that maybe their parents or someone was trying to teach them. I've seen young men you know, who had nothing, stayed in trouble when someone got with them and turned them in the right direction and they never looked back to being successful and helping other people. And that's what we need to be, find that balance and happy median where we all have an opportunity to reach out in our communities some kind of way. Doesn't have to be that you committed to five days a week to go to a center and help some kids with reading or math or a lot of times it's not even about doing something with the with the education it's just being there and they seeing a ma a male figure and someone who's positive with them and someone who's inspiring them by tapping into taking interest in what they want to do uh you want your kid to be a doctor a lawyer and he's in the eighth grade reading at a third grade level I could say that's a whole lot of pressure on the kid, but that's just a whole lot of pressure on everyone because it's unrealistic. Yes. So let's get those medians that if we love our kids, as we say we do, let us, and I don't have children, and I don't say this to start any riot with anyone, but be careful that you're not prostituting your kids for you to look good, and then you got a problem with the system doing it when you let them out your door every day. That was a powerful message and a great way to end this segment. I I really enjoy, you know, this conversation today and it is going to help a lot of people. And I am sending this to my sons because they need to hear your message. So your book will launch on May 1st. They can pre-order by going to payhip.com slash be as ball slash nine zero two one but how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I can be contacted through Facebook uh, at Mindscape Coaching Solutions. Uh, also, my website is mindscape-coaching.com. And soon I will have a also a contact phone number that I'm getting in order now where I can be reached. Okay, that was amazing. And I thank you for being on this show today. So you have been listening to When They Hear Us with Alfonso Shorts. And look, buy his book because this 30 days of inspiration will help you and your sons, even your husband. So until next week, see you then. Thank you for listening to When They Hear Us, where Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley and her guests provide stories and experiences. This is also a platform for authors to encourage, empower, and equip people around the world with their voice. To learn more about Dr. Lashley and her quest to share the voice of powerful writers, go to her website at drtracylashley.info. You may also contact her by sending an email to info at drtracylashley.com. 
Remember to always intentionally walk in your purpose and strive to elevate to significance.